Hey everyone, welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm Nayan and I'll be your host for this episode. And on today's episode, we'll be covering the box office outlook for the Marvels and the Hunger Games prequel, the SAG AFTRA strikes finally coming to an end, the Inside Out 2 teaser, the Avatar The Last Airbender trailer, the GTA 6 announcement, a movie about Elon Musk, the Garfield trailer, Mr. Fantastic casting rumors, Madam Web trailer, and December physical media releases. That's a lot. And today on this episode, I'm joined here by James and, of course, Kyan as well. Boys, how are you and have you been doing anything inter- interesting over the past couple of weeks? Well, we just watched Trolls, so I'm not doing too great. Uh, it was a bit of a... <laughs> yeah, it was a stinker. But a lot to get through. The animation was nice, all the colors popping. Yeah, a lot, a lot of creativity in there. Yeah, yeah, so I, I like that. Otherwise, uh, what else have I done? I watched She-Hulk, so yeah, I'm really not doing well. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we've seen a seen a bunch of movies over the week, but yeah, not too not too much from me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, anything interesting? Mm, just watching a few TV shows. I've started watching um, the Fall of House, uh, the Fall of House Usher, the, ha- the House of Fall of Usher of House. <laughs> that one, yeah, that's the Mike um, Flanagan. It is, yeah, horror yeah. series. Yeah, I started. I just wanted to watch the first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, mm. it's good so far. It's great writing. Um, and then I've also I've watched the first two episodes of uh, Monarch. Oh, is that any good? I've heard good things about it. It's okay so far. Uh, mm. Lee character is kind of a bit, uh, I would say, maybe just like a little bit grating. What right. is Monarch? Um, it's um, the like that big government institution in the MonsterVerse. Oh, right. Yeah. Are they doing a Monsterverse kind of TV series? Yeah, yeah. it's already yeah. out. Hmm. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> mm. That's crazy. I don't know if I will watch it, though. I don't really care yeah. for that universe. Yeah, I, I, it's just something to watch. Mm. I was, so I was like, oh, it's going to, Apple TV it has a pretty high budget. It's like, yeah. they seem to have put a lot into it. And um, yeah, yeah mm. so far it's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's been said on this podcast, but I've finished Andor. So oh, you that. finished it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, it hasn't been said. No, yeah. Uh, I like it. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. The writing, man. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is good writing. Like, yeah, yeah. just two characters, like, going at it. Like, yeah, complex, you know, kind of yeah, real intricate, like, you know, dialogue. And I was just, like, really, really engaged. Re- super engaging, even when there's, like, two politicians in a room. Yeah. You're just, like, glued to it, eh? Yeah. 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 I still don't buy Andor as, like, a main character type of guy. I mm. think it's, yeah, you know, he's saved by just, yeah, impe- impeccable writing. Mm-hmm. The visuals are really good as well. And yeah, it's just a side of Star Wars that keen to see more of. Yeah. It yeah. felt like as if it ended as if there was going to be a second season too. There is. Yeah. Oh, they're filming. It? Yeah. Ah. I think it comes out next year. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I don't know if it, it might come out next year. I don't mm, know about the strikes, but yeah, I think that they're either in like pre-production or f- started filming or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the Android Andor train now. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars is yes. back. Star Wars is back. <laughs> but just Andor. <laughs> I still need to see Ahsoka. We'll, we'll see. Ahsoka's. I've heard it's okay. It's, it's good. good. It's good. It's yeah. not great. It's it's good. Yeah. Dave Filoni. Yeah. yeah. But tonight, I got the F1 race in Las Vegas. First time racing there. They're going to go down the strip, 350 kilometers per hour. Well, so I'm super excited for that race. I've been waiting for that one for a while. And the yeah. um the uh, Las Vegas sphere, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they drive around the sphere and everything. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's apparently like it's massive, but um, 
and I'm very excited for that race. Yeah, Just, that's that's uh, crazy. A big show and everything, yeah. Mm. All right, so here on the Let's Be Real podcast, we're here to bring all the latest and greatest news from the entertainment industry, from blockbuster hits to indie flicks. We've got you all covered. And if you're a real movie buff, be sure to check out moviegains.com for even more exciting content like box office stats, Oscar predictions, and 4K reviews. So sit back, relax, open up a cold one, and let's get into it. So the first topic is the box office outlook for the Marvels and the Hunger Games prequel. Um, so the box office for Marvels, um, currently the domestic total is at $57.6 million with $120.5 million worldwide. Um, it's made $2.8 million in its second Friday, which is an 87% drop, and its budget is $275 million, but it comes down to $225 million because they took a subsidy. Um, the Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, its Friday opening was around about $19 million. Um, deadline has it reported for the whole weekend around 44 to 46 million box office pro has it at 47.1 million and its budget is 100 million so guys what are your thoughts on these two movies box office uh well the marvels by the time it came out we all saw it coming Mm. but uh, i mean i saw the opening weekend kind of you know a couple weeks away being that bad i didn't see the second weekend being this bad 2.8 million on a second friday Mm. that's nuts i mean you you can go back to like you know there's other marvel movies that like 2.8 is like their their fourth thursday yeah and like <laughs> mm. this is just insane 120 you know million worldwide through a week it's it, that's terrible you, you'll have like you know, so much movies that add like for in the mcu like black panther doctor strange they make more than that three days just the domestic market mm. yeah um i mean Captain Marvel opening weekend in the domestic market was like 160 or 150 to 160, somewhere around that. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't even made back that as well. It's got a, it's got a long way to go. I, where it goes, it's going to be a very interesting one. I imagine a very, very sharp uh, drop this weekend, maybe around 70%, looking around like the Ant-Man kind of territory. Uh, so maybe mm-hmm. yeah, around... Yeah, I think you'll be looking around 14 million for a second week in there. And then I think it will stabilize from there on out. Maybe heading towards, it might even struggle to get to 100 million. Shit. Domestically. <laughs> mm. it, it might struggle. I think you're looking around 110 million domestically, worldwide. You're probably looking at around 130, 140. It's not making back budget. Oh, I might back, make back the budget. Um, you know, plus the subsidy and all that. Well, it might make uh, back the production budget. And yeah. not the marketing budget. Not the marketing budget. Not the break-even point. I think. It, yeah. I think, regardless of of whether or not it makes it that, it's going to be losing money if you mm. include the marketing budget. Easily, um, easily, easily be losing money. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what was it? Endgame needed some absurd amount of, uh, like its its real budget was mm-hmm. like horrendous. Like if you include the marketing, I think it's like four hundred million production budget. Yeah, and then it was something like. For hundred million yeah, or five hundred million, it'd be something like that. Yeah. Marketing, so I'd need like one point five, one point six to break even. Yeah, I yeah, clear that by a mile. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I mean the fact that um, Hunger Games is toe to toe with Captain Marvel, mm. and it's on a budget of a hundred million. Yeah, compared to um, Captain Marvel's. I like to talk about its real budget. I don't like talking about the subsidy because 
Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we can talk about the subsidy when it turns about money earned. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to the movie itself, how much did it cost to produce? Yeah. It cost $275 million. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're looking at nearly 3x cost. Mm. And it's toe-to-toe with Hunger Games, which is just... Crazy. That's just crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. just... And it's also surprising because, you know, the Marvels is obviously part of the MCU. You got... And a Wonder Vision connection somehow. Uh, you got uh, a Miss Marvel connection, and obviously Captain Marvel coming off a, a billion dollar movie and extra exposure in Endgame and such. And then you got a Hunger Games prequel about President Snow, th- the character that you don't think deserves the story at all. Like who who is that character? I forgot. Like yeah, most. So why are people going back? And considering like the last Hunger Games movie we saw was nine, almost ten years ago as well. So mm-hmm. it's like fresh out of everyone's minds, not yeah. in their minds. And the thing mm-hmm. with the Hunger Games, the first two people loved and really enjoyed. The last two people really like mild on, and I think even the last one didn't make much money at all because people just they checked out of it because mm. the part one and part two thing didn't work for that series. Yeah. So it is very surprising them going toe to toe. I think Hunger Games will be below both of these produ- um, predictions. I would say around, you know, maybe 40 million um, at the end of the day. But I think in the long run, I think it's going to do more than the Marvels. It'll be interesting to see what other movies come up. Napoleon might even go after the Marvels in terms of total uh, box office. Wish will definitely have a chance in there. Yeah, and then you get into all the December releases as well. Yeah. When does Cup. Wish release officially? Uh, next week for the Americans and a Boxing Day, December 26th for us. Okay, so it's going to chew into the Marvel's box office as well, mm-hmm. yeah. even more so. Yeah. So yeah, it's not it's not a good it's not a good sign. It's not looking good. Yeah, like I said, uh, a couple potties back, the Marvels and the Flash are going head to head for the biggest flop of the year. <laughs> I don't know which one will win. <laughs> yeah. Only time will tell. Yeah. Cool. The next one, and it is seemingly. Good news is that we finally have the end to the SAG after strike. So a deal was cut um, and it ended on the 14th of November. Um, actors can now resume filming on projects as well as promoting um, their content. We've seen that recently with Hunger Games with um, red carpet events and stuff happening. Um, so the main things that the actors have received is obviously pay increases and also streaming bonuses as well, which is a big one for them. Um, disclosure of viewership stats, limitation on the use of AI, and relocation bonuses. So, guys, um, what do you think about this? Um, I pretty much have the same feelings about this as I do about the Writers Guild, um, mm-hmm. you know, agreements. To, to me, they seem almost the same. There's mm. a whole bunch of like assurances. Um, the deal is just the same. It's three years. Yeah. Um. It, it, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why there's this three year limit to it. Maybe that's just how these like agreements work. But, um, m- my opinion is that, um, yeah, there's, uh, th- th- there's a time limit to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a time limit to this specific agreement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, next time round, who knows? Maybe the studios, um, aren't so willing to, budge on the ai stuff mm. um it's not a it's not a perpetual agreement mm-hmm. um this yeah. is just the here and now yeah no yeah i mean i'm i'm in agreement with that you know the use of ai uh it's like we said in, in the writers ones they are yeah they're just buying time that's mm-hmm. that's all that this agreement does 
you know, AI is, is just going to keep getting better. So imagine what it looks like in three years from now and, and, and yeah. what they can do. I, I don't know how the agreement's going to come back in three years. I just hope we don't do this rodeo again and that there is some kind of uh, an easy agreement between both parties, which I, I doubt it. But, you know, in three years, the studios have enough time to get rhythm. Perhaps they're doing well in business again after, you know, COVID and all, all these strikes. Perhaps, yeah, they don't budge as much and it forces, you know, the sag and their members to uh, be a little bit more lenient. But, I mean, regardless, I'm really happy about this. I'm happy for the actors. They they get what they deserve. You know, they do get pay increases. And it's always about the the little guys uh, for this, you know, this kind of stripe. All about the ones that, you know, get paid the same as, like, other people when they are trying to, you know, make a living and make an earning from this. And I think they deserve to have fair pay. They deserve to have fair wages. No doubt. Yeah. And when it comes to, you know, AI using their uh, digital scans, you know, they get paid for that. They get asked for consent. I think that is perfect. I don't think that should ever, ever change. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't be forced into that at all. Uh, so, yeah, and obviously as a consumer, I'm glad things are back on track. I just remember seeing my phone just kind of blow up with resuming filming, resuming filming, everything's <laughs> come back and it's just, it's good again. And, mm. you know, last time we talked about it, I was very, uh, I was getting quite angry at both sides just because, you know, we've had COVID. We've had like three years of all these ups and downs and now we're going to go through it again. It's just, it annoys you as someone that's like really interested in like movies and, you know, enjoying that kind of new content coming out. So hopefully uh, we can just carry on this rhythm and just yeah. keep it up. Well, it's reached the point where you'd almost caught up on everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't have that. We can't have that happen. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but I think I still got some time to catch up before everything starts coming out. You still out. got a few things left to watch. But yeah. yeah. I'm getting there slowly. Yeah. I just finished She Hulk. So <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you're getting desperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a good thing. Um, mm. But yeah, con- considering from 2020, we were like restricted in movies. And then this happened that we all had that same fear. Yeah. Of, um, we're going to get restricted movies. I mean, we saw it with like big films like. Dune getting pushed back, Across the Spider-Verse Part 2 getting pushed back and yep. stuff like that. Even um, the Mission Impossible getting pushed back. But I think there might be a bit more to that one getting pushed back. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to finally see like some sort of stability in the Hollywood market now. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff is starting to resume. Actors are starting to get, get out there and promote their movies yeah. and stuff like that. So hopefully we can get our foots, and gr- foots on the ground and, you know, mm-hmm. start heading back into the norm of proper Hollywood back in 2019 yeah yeah it is nice to see our actors being or being able to promote this stuff now yeah even yeah. um just seeing them go on talk shows it looks like as if they're really happy to be, be back, back and yeah. like promoting and not just promoting but just like talking about what they've been doing um and mm. stuff like that yeah. yeah so yeah did you hear about uh what killing did during the strike because he couldn't promote Oppenheimer any further no it's just at home eating cheese that was his quote that he said. <laughs> oh, just yeah. like, oh, I'm eating cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he's just like us. <laughs> he's human after all. Yeah. <laughs> right, cool. The next topic is uh, Inside Out 2. It's the next one from Pixar, and it comes out in June 2024. Um, Bill Hader and Mindy Kaling won't return as fan disgust, and they are replaced by Tony Hale and Liz LaPera. Um, we've already covered um, the new emotions in um, this film on a previous podcast. So, guys, we've watched a teaser. What do we think about it? Um, I mean, I, I liked it. Again, you know, coming off last time when we talked about this, I really like the concept of new emotions joining it. It, you know, re- kind of reflects how our 
brains and emotions develop as we you know go through in life uh, i still have the uh, questions on how they're going to differentiate between fear and anxiety because they are close they're not the same but they are quite close and you know, it'd be interesting how they you know show that through uh riley so i'm interested to see how they do that as for the you know uh recasting of those two fear and disgust uh, it didn't sound very good to me i didn't i didn't like it maybe just because i'm so ingrained with the first one that i might not be able to you know um get past that but you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think the the director, it's a directorial debut, but it's written by the person who wrote the first one. And, you know, I think it gives me plenty of confidence that they can nail the, the second one as well. And, you know, using new emotions, I think it's really good. You know, when it comes to the teaser, it, it was great in being just a teaser. That That's all it really was. It didn't show too much. It showed a lot of, you know, flashbacks and just tease these newer emotions coming in. I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing what that kind of dynamic's like. Especially with kind of, you know, in the first one, Joy's really at the, she's in the controls Mm -hmm. a lot. And it was a lot, it's like a lot of Joy's journey to let the other emotions, you know, have a chance to control Riley in a sense. uh, Because it led to some really beautiful moments for her life. And to try to see her let go of more control to these other emotions, which are all bad, aren't they? Like envy, embarrassment, ennui, and anxiety. So they're not good emotions. It's going to be very interesting to see that. Yeah, dynamic. it's it's quite interesting because, you know, I feel like, you know, as a teenager, you're not just riddled by bad emotions. Mm. There's it's, it's a reason why they call it a confusing time because there's a mixture of good and bad. Yeah. Um, it's not just terrible, full mm. stop. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you have all sorts of other things like desire yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how they implement it, I think. Um, I think you and I maybe spoke briefly about it. Like we feel that it would have been better if um, um, the emotions sort of um, didn't replace the old ones. Did we say that? Uh, you want them to replace or not to replace? Um, I feel like it would be better if they were new emotions. Right, so they didn't yeah. they didn't replace the old ones. That they came in and they were like added complexity. Yeah. To to mm. the group. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it was mixing mixing everything up. Um, but it seems like the other emotions are now gone. Like some of them, um, fear mm. and disgust are gone. No, they're, they're still there. They're just recasted. Oh, they just recasted. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but they might be taking like a backseat in the story. Yeah. Perhaps. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, no, no. That then that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I thought that they were being replaced by these new ones. New no, emotions. No, no. I was the one that was like saying they should be replaced. It should just be all new emotions because. You know, these new emotions, they fall under the umbrella of other emotions. Fear, anxiety is a part of fear. It also, it's obviously a lot more complex than just saying that. So I think it should just replace the new ones entirely and should just opened up with kind of like a you know, a little piece of dialogue saying, oh, yeah, we split up and uh, got replaced because yeah. uh, Riley's growing up and we had to accept that. And then you got these like more complex emotions at the helm now. Yeah, and I guess that kind of reflects what teenagers like. But yeah, what do you think of the teaser? Yeah, I thought it was fine. You know, mm-hmm. like it didn't show too much. It just showed the old emotions reaction to what was happening. Um, yeah. The only new emotion we really saw was um, anxiety, which is voiced by Maya Hawke. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's fantastic right. as anxiety because yeah. most of the stuff that she plays, she seems quite anxious or she... Does that like she, sort of, she's a good choice. Yeah. She, she sort of has mm-hmm. that anxious, sort of panicky voice. Mm-hmm. And she does it really well. So I think she's mm-hmm. going to be fantastic in this, and I yeah. hope she is. But 
Yeah, um, you're talking about how like some of the emotions are quite similar. I wonder if they're mm-hmm. going to go the route where um, some of the older emotions realize that they're similar and they like sort of buddy along each other or something like that. Like, yeah, be like fear and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and other. there's like more division mm. inside. And then, and then something conflict. about like Joy being left out um, because she doesn't have anyone to buddy, buddy alongside. Yeah, that, yeah. So. but the, the tease opened up with headquarters being destroyed. Yeah, and they're building it bigger now. Yeah, so yeah, I guess uh, they are going to have to you know work together in some yeah. way to make yeah. sure you know, Riley stays uh, functioning well. Yeah. Mm. I just hope uh, Bing Bong makes a return. <laughs> oh, Bing <shit>. Bong yeah. <laughs> returns, but it's like a teenage version of Bing Bong. He's just a lot more depressed and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know what I would. <laughs> I don't know how that would look. I'm down for it though. Give it yeah. to me. All right, the next one is one that I think me and Kai might be a little bit. Uh, Worry about it's the uh, live action remake from Netflix for Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's going to release on Netflix on February twenty second, twenty twenty four. It's eight episodes long, and it looks like as if just based on the trailer, it looks like it was going to be based on book one for now. So, um, I'll start with you, Kyan. Kyan, what are your thoughts on um this? What were your initial reactions? Well, for one, um, people say oh, it's based on book one. But for me, it looks like it's part. It's based on part of book one. I, yeah. It doesn't look like it's all of book one. I don't think you can squeeze all of book one in eight episodes. In eight not. episodes, um, yeah. there's too much going on. And further to that, we see nothing of um, the um, uh, was it the Southern Water Tribe? Northern. Nor- is it Northern Water Tribe, which yeah. is the end? Yeah, northern. yeah, it's the Northern Water Tribe where, um, you know, there's the big showdown between the Water Tribe and um, the Fire Nation. Yeah. So we see nothing of that in the teaser. Maybe they're saving it or maybe, maybe mm-hmm. they just don't get that far. But to, from my eye, I see f- f- from, from what I remember of the episodes, it looks like we get, we get up to Omashu, which is maybe like mid. Mid. Season, yeah. yeah, and I beyond that, I can't see anything else beyond that. There's there's the earlier ones with um, uh, with Suki. Uh, she's in it. Yeah, they she's in it, it, but that's way earlier on. That's like the fourth episode. Yeah. So, I in this respect, I'm actually I really do hope that this first season is only like half of season one of of book one. Sorry. Yeah. Water. Um, because I don't think you can fit it all in an in entire Netflix season of eight episodes. No, nah, definitely not. Yeah. Maybe 16 or 20. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But there there wasn't that many filler episodes in book one. Most of the filler episodes was in book two, really. Yeah, book two so. and book three, yeah. And there's a lot of episodes in there that I actually think are kind of redundant. Um, yeah. mm. You know, there are a few episodes there that you don't really need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I actually think that um, the trailer looked quite impressive. I think the production looked impressive. Mm-hmm. I think the casting looked impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real fear on my mind, and I'm sure it's on your mind, is whether or not it will be given justice because oh, yeah. its creators left the project. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That we don't one. know why they left the project. <laughs> Wasn't it to focus on another one because... Isn't Paramount and Nickelodeon doing a last episode? Avatar thing? Studios, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think it was because of that. I, 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 I'm starting to think it is as well. Yeah. Because um, the Avatar Studios was created like 
quite quite literally like weeks or days after they left the project. Mm. Um, so there's a very good chance that um, the creative differences and big quotes was more more like we were given an op- another opportunity. Yeah. Um, in this series is not really something we feel is worth our time steering mm. um, for the next eight years or whatever, how long? Yeah. Ten years. Mm. <laughs> You know, um, they need to shoot that fast if that's their goal because the kids are going to grow up, grow up. Well, that would be another thing is that you can't with with animation. It's not the same as live action, right? Yeah. So you you do have to account for aging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, if I was Netflix, I would pitch the show as a longer form um, journey. It's years for Ang to train to become. The oh, avatar. So change the story and all Change it, just expand the time time frame. Yeah. So that these characters age up a bit throughout the war. Right. Which I don't actually think would negatively affect the storytelling at all. Mm. Yeah, so what? Says in comment comment instead of arriving in like the end of summer, like arrives in four, five, six years. Well, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it maybe takes like them like four or five years in order to fully training and all that sort of thing right yeah i mean like it's very similar to what stranger things did yes you know you go back to the later stranger things season and they're meant to be like what is it 14 15 mm-hmm. and they're like 20 something yeah each. and like no one buys it but you get the sense of the continuity so i don't think it, the aging will affect it that much unless it's like dramatic and they take three years but I think these kids are a little bit younger, so it may appear a little bit more dramatic on the aging side of things. Well, it come down to the Ang yeah. uh, actor because yeah. he's a very, very small yeah. kid. Yeah, how, how do you know how old he is? I'm not sure how old he is. Uh, no idea. But, but yeah, he's I young. Know Ang is around about ten years old or something. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have to really like he'll have to age into the role. I think that's just a reality you have to deal with with live action, unless they want to shoot seasons back to back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is not Netflix's style. Yeah, you know they they're very much a we'll wait and see how it does, and if it tank tanks off, then we just cancel it. Mm. That's their style. Which I think they might do, and then um if this first part is really successful, I think they might go okay, cool. We'll do. We'll just shoot back to back to back, and then yeah. whether we actually release it, depending yeah. on numbers, mm. is another thing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the length of the series versus uh, how it's going to go throughout the story, I mean, I think they could do three seasons, uh, book one, two, and three, because you know it'd be similar to a Game of Thrones season, as long as the episodes are around like an hour. You know, you've got eight hours of content there. I think you could do justice to the story, but I do think it's probably the better choice to you know take your time and tell the story at the right pace it needs to not kind of have every scene be like big and building up to something so i mean i th- I think it can work as eight episodes but judging from the teaser and it is just kind of more of a teaser than a full-on trailer we might not see uh you know the end of the first season of the first one yeah yeah so overall i i don't have too much concerns on the story side of things because the people creating it, they have a reference point to knowing what a bad live uh, action adaptation <laughs> is for The Last Airbender. Mm. And I think you can learn from your mistakes with that one pretty pretty easily, I think. Yeah, you know, so, no, yeah. you know what, what not to do, for sure. Yeah. Um, the weather is, whether or not they can capture the essence of the animated series while still within that live action format is another thing. Well, I hope the creators during their time with the project gave them enough of a, a foundation for the creators now to, to build off and actually 
craft something yeah. in line with the uh, animated version. But overall, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. The production does look good. Um, just, I'm very intrigued and I'm, I'm open to giving this one a chance. I don't, there's nothing that's like, give me pause for caution or anything at this point. I'm just, I'm keen to see how it is. If it's mm-hmm. bad, uh, I don't know if it can be worse than the one we do have, the live action <laughs> one. And I don't think it would yeah. be worse. <laughs> I don't think it would be better. How much better is another question, but it would yeah. be better. Yeah. And I think you would got to manage expectations that nothing can really beat the, you know, original animated series. Yeah. So we're not going to go to that height, but if we come close, then I'm fully satisfied and happy with that. Yeah. And I yeah. love how they've finally got the bending right. They don't need to pull from a source. They are the source. Yeah, they are the yeah. source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is good. Except which for is... earthbenders and waterbenders. Oh yeah, yeah. But Wait, yeah. so it, yeah. doesn't they do that in the animated one? They no, they pull fire. from they basically create firebenders and airbenders create from themselves. Themselves. Yeah. Oh, firebenders do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they do. Uh, yeah. And yeah. oh, in the uh, M Night Shyamalan one, they needed fire around them to pull from a most been most firebenders did. Iroh yeah. could create his own fire in the original. Oh right. But, um, I just. Yeah, that was like a special skill. Yeah. And it was like, come on. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a really, truly skilled firebender to not pull from a source. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll also say this. Um, you know, the original animated series, I will say this, um, each episode does feel a little bit short. Um, yeah, it was 25 minutes. Yeah, 25 mm. minutes. And whenever I'm watching those those episodes – and they're doing character stuff. I'm like, this isn't enough. Mm. It's not because I like want it. I I, I desire more of the show, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think it's a, a it's paced well, mm-hmm. but it's just they rush a lot of stuff in there as well. If I'm going to make any criticism on the animated series, right? There so is you, rushing. You would like the live action one to do like half of book one in the first season Correct. and really take the time with the character moments. And take the their time with the characters because you really yeah. need to convince the audience to buy into it with the animated mm. series it's animated it's, you can easily get away with it you can get yeah. away with a lot more yeah mm. yeah yeah for sure we'll find out uh not too far three months. months three months basically three months, three months. could be a different podcast on that february date <laughs> 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 all right another big big one one that a lot of gaming fans have been waiting for um well, pretty much almost 10 years, is uh, Rockstar Games has finally announced that a trailer will be dropping early next month for Grand Theft Auto 6. No real official release date has been set yet, but we do know that it's coming next month sometime. And GTA 5 came out in, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. And it's had a couple remakes and some revamps to it. So, James, I know you're a big fan of this franchise. I know you're excited for it, so just take away the microphone and go. Oh, man, I'm so <laughs> fucking excited. Oh, we are so, so back. Oh, man, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited for this. I've been waiting for years and years, and I have suffered through remakes, remastering, I have the PS3 version. I have the PS4 version. I have the fucking PS5 version. <laughs> all right. All I want is a new GTA. I want new things to do. I want a new map, all that kind of stuff. I want a new story to play in. I just, I have so much fun with this game and it's something that I can just spend hours in. You guys know my stance on uh, video games and not playing it too much, but Spider-Man and GTA are my two exceptions where I will binge the hell out of those mm. to play. And GTA 6, I've been saying it for 
I don't know, maybe five to seven years now when GTA 6 comes out, I'm locking myself in my room and I'm playing till whenever. I don't care what responsibilities I have. I'll call in sick. I don't care. I'm going to play as much as I possibly mm. can. Uh, I'm just so excited for this. In terms of the uh, release date, I would imagine uh, end of 2025 is probably when we're going to get it. I believe the GTA 5 uh, teaser trailer came out two years before it's released. So I would imagine a similar timeline. But or you just know that uh, Rockstar are going to deliver the biggest game. No, maybe not the biggest game ever because of Minecraft, but one of the biggest games of all time, mm. one of the best games of all time in terms of how large and big it's going to be. It's probably going to be like a, a multi-disc install and stuff. So it's going to be a very huge game. I'm very, very intrigued to what they're going to bring to this because GTA Five did a lot and they're still making millions and millions of dollars from it. The GTA Online experience. Mm. Um, but, you know, it made a billion dollars opening week and I'm very excited to see what GTA Six can do. 1.5 billion? Yeah, well, Two the, billion? the um, budget itself is um, upwards of a billion dollars, yeah. <laughs> which is about right, really, um, considering the amount of um, engine tech they're using. Yeah. Um, I'm, what I'm mostly interested in is really, to me, there are like maybe three game studios Gosh. that I would say push the absolute boundaries of what's possible in gaming. like. Mm. technology wise and rockstar is one of them yep. they're always pushing those boundaries naughty dog is another yeah um i'm i'm really curious to see how like immersive and simulated the world is mm. because you see it in red dead 2 it honestly feels like you're in a real world everything is reactive to you yeah. you're walking around you walk past someone they give you a glare and then you say <laughs> something to them they say something back you can insult them and then they, yeah. you know it's just it's super super immersive mm. so i really want to see how far they go with um with gta uh, 6 yeah because i have heard that they reworked their um their, their uh, physics engine for the cars Oh, so yeah. that oh. the destruction yeah. is like they shatter completely oh. and like everything is like simulated and realistic and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I'm super excited to see the technology they use in, mm. in GTA 6 as well. And yeah, you are right. The budget is a billion. Yeah. It's crazy. That is One crazy. One billion dollar budget, you know, that's yeah. just mad. But. I mean, there's reports here that it's $2 billion as well, but. I don't know if that's true, but it's looking between one and two billion dollars, yeah. which is just absolutely uh, insane. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm very curious to see what they what they do with it. The stories that they have as well, the the main campaign, uh, they're equally as good mm. and powerful. Um, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just I mean, so the, I'm of the opinion that mm. Rockstar's best storytelling have been in Red Dead Redemption, mm. but I think that their most uh, entertaining world is Grand Theft Auto by far. Oh yeah, it, that's the most fun. Yeah, you can have. I mean, you go on Metacritic and you look up like Rockstar and then like you know the GTA's and, and the Red Dead's. They're like ninety eights, ninety nines. They're just yeah. so high. Rockstar always delivers, and they take the time on stuff as well. Yeah, you know we have AI now as well, mm. and that can be impl implemented in this to provide more of a real feeling and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. The possibilities are almost endless for a game of this caliber. That release date is a bit optimistic, though, I must say. So you think, like, 2026? I'm, I, I think it'll be 2025. Yeah, that, early that's, that's what I guess. Yeah. Because the teaser for GTA 5 was in 2011. 
Yeah. And so a two-year wait, I think it's just, yeah. Yeah, and all of them have been delayed. I'm pretty sure Red Dead Redemption mm. 2 got delayed. I'm pretty sure GTA yeah. 5 got delayed as well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty common for their games to get delayed. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. But Nayan, you're not the GTA guy. You've missed out on the GTA bandwagon. Will you be buying GTA 6? Well, I've played all the PS2 ones. I played 3, San Andreas, and Vice City. But I haven't played any anything else. I haven't played the first two or anything since. So I played the OGs. <laughs> oh, you played the OGs, but you haven't played Grand Theft Auto 4 no. or 5? No. Okay. No. Except oh. for that, whenever you brought it to my house at one time. That was uh, me for first time playing GTA 5. Yeah, it must have been that, yeah. yeah. Mm. Otherwise, um, yeah, I play the PS2 versions. Um, mm-hmm. I probably will. Probably will end up buying it. Maybe not straight away. Yeah. Um, but I'll we'll eventually buy it and play it. You can uh, loan my uh, GTA 5. You want to smash out that campaign? Oh, yeah. Because I, I got it on PS5, so. Oh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Grab, I'll grab that from you. Easy. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you after the potty. <laughs> there we go. Now I'm going to play a modern-day GTA. <laughs> but, yeah, I think one of the things I did enjoy um, when playing GTA back in the day was just, you know, just how you got the campaign and then the world is literally your oyster. You can do whatever the hell you want. You can yeah. be a good guy. You can be a bad guy. You can be an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. I mean, I think that what that cre- creativity that the game allows you to do is great, and I hope that they bring that, maybe enhance it a bit more. Not not sure how. I don't get paid yeah. enough, or I don't get paid to do that. <laughs> they do, so I'm sure they'll be able to figure it out. But mm. um, I'm sort of looking forward to the visual side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first game where it's properly for the new gen, um, from for GTA that is. Yeah. Um, so I think I think stuff like the detailing and like the environments is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, well, would PS six be out by then? But no chance at all. Yeah, that's probably like twenty thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PS six, I think it's probably like twenty twenty seven or twenty. Yeah, far away. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh. They're like, release GTA 6, and then like a few months later, they're like, okay, we're releasing PS6 now with the remastered on. Yeah, of course. They would do that as well. Yeah. Oh, man, that would it's, annoy it's me. just like, if they do do that, you'd be like, you might as well just wait like a fucking few years and release both. Yeah, at the same, same time. Have it be your launch game because oh, that, it would that would go be off. Huge. It would pop off, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you know they're going to do remasters. And it probably be, it probably will be like 2035 or 20, yeah, 2035 to 2040. GTA 7. <laughs> Isn't that sad? How old will we be, guys? We'll be, like, uh, wrinkled. Then he will be past his 40s. <laughs> I'll probably be dead. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'm in there as well. <laughs> All right. The next news is we are going to get a movie based on the business genius that is Elon Musk. Um, A24 is set to be the studio for it, with Darren Aronofsky set to direct. Um, he directed stuff like Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, Black Swan, and The Whale. Um, and that's pretty much all the details that have come out for it. You know, I don't know what to feel about this because the problem with Elon Musk is that he is almost beyond parody. He's beyond he's beyond adapting because he's so ridiculous. It's like trying to make a like a movie on Trump and like frame it. <laughs> like, how do you frame it? Do you frame it as a comedy? Do you frame it as a? Mm. Like, how do you frame it? Because the person in real life exceeds even what a writer can do sometimes. Like the the ridiculousness of it. Mm. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what Aronofsky has in mind here. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he wants to do something that's like a candid a candid sort of outlook on him mm. or he wants to do a satire. Mm. Um, you know, 
from what I've seen, Aronofsky's not really he's not really right for that comedic angle. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'd be probably better off having someone like um uh Adam McKay. Adam McKay. He would be perfect for <laughs> as, as doing a Musk thing because yeah. he just he understands the absurdity mm. of the larger in life character and can and, and maybe frame it. You know, maybe is is something interesting, but yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't know where you can go with this, other than it being maybe be about the people around Musk, as opposed to it being about, about Musk. Musk. Musk, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited for it because I like Darren, uh, Darren Aronofsky as a director. I, th- I think he's, yeah, he did the Whale, he did Mother. I really liked both of them, uh, despite the divided nature of those movies. So I think I kind of resonate with his directing style in a way you know he's obviously backed by a24 a studio that i massively respect and elon musk i I mean i uh i don't don't know too much about his life just kind of you know the basics uh about what he does and all that stuff but i mean i'm very intrigued to hear his story i think it's a very it could be a very well done story if if done right but i guess it really does depend on the angle at which they do it yeah well what is the story like what that's my question one what is the story What's this angle? What is it about? Um, it's and bio- why? Why would Darren Aronofsky be the best selection for this? You know, I don't know if he would be the best selection. I yeah. was going to say um, Adam McKay would be. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd just be be able to portray, uh, you know, Elon Musk just in in the right way, where you kind of get that uh, comedic angle to it, without it, uh, I guess, you know, interrupting uh, the the larger picture. So, I, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they do it and what angle they take. I'm intrigued. Who plays Elon Musk? Is that's another question I have as well. I have no idea who's playing him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think everything I said is all the details we know about. Who him. do you, who do you think would be a good call to play Elon Musk? Oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. I feel like you'd need to do someone who is a comedian, like someone who is a comedic actor or very good at comedic acting, because Chris Pratt. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> um, but imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I, there are some comedic actors out there that I think could could do it. Um, there is one I have in mind, but I don't remember his name, and I can't remember what he's in, so that doesn't help you at all. Um, What's he on? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he kind of has a musky look to him. <laughs> that sounds weird, um, but he looks like he kind of looks like Musk a bit. Um, but I think you would need to do someone who is a bit of a um, who's a bit of a comedian because. Musk, it feels that like half the time he's taking everything seriously, and the other half of the time he's taking nothing seriously. Yeah, it's true. So he's he's a weird, eccentric kind of guy. Mm. I have um, a GQ article here just for some casting things out there. I'll throw them out there to you guys. Mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons? <laughs> no, he doesn't no. have the look the, at all. That'd be funny, though. <laughs> uh, Mads Mikkelsen? No. no. Brendan Fraser? No. Joseph Gordon Levitt? No. Seth MacFarlane? <sighs> nah. No. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård? Why? What is this list? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is one of the worst lists I've ever heard. Caleb Landry Jones? Caleb Landry Jones. Is that the kid from like, um. Get Out? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Otherwise, they mentioned Matt Damon, Christian Bale, Nicolas Cage, or Jack Gyllenhaal. They've just named actors. 
<laughs> That's all they've done. They haven't even done a proper like look into it. <laughs> oh, I remember there, there were some. I mean, Nicolas Cage could be a very interesting pick. Yeah, but he's he's like current day Musk. Are we getting current day Musk? Or are we getting like origin story Musk? Like, I feel the way that they'll go is pretty much origin Musk with him like making Tesla and it launching. I feel that's the side of this biopic we may get rather than Tesla onwards. Yeah, but maybe mm. they would be better off just um, doing a snapshot of like his crazy antics at one point of his life, like with the whole um, Thai cave rescue crap and all of that weird stuff going on. Maybe they would be better off doing that where you've got, you just get like full blown musk to the face. Full blown musk to the <laughs> I mean, face. Yeah. It's what a way to phrase that. And we have this and we also have a Mark Zuckerberg movie. We all know about the Zuckerberg vs. Elon fights. What if there's a third movie oh, based gosh. on that? Oh, <laughs> just the Iron Claw? They're just building towards this one uh, event of a fight. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be down for a little cinematic universe involving uh, tech billionaires. <laughs> yep. Oh, that'd be hilarious. You need Jeff Bezos to come in. He's like the Thanos of it all. He's because he's Jack. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the... Uh, Post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Elon Musk will return. All right, moving on is we're gonna get a movie about Garfield. Ugh. So the Garf thanks. The Garfield Not movie <laughs> The Garfield movie comes out on May twenty fourth next year. It stars Chris Pratt as Garfield, along with Samuel L. Jackson, Nicholas Holt, and Harvey Gillen. Um, it is an animated one. It's not the uh, it's not gonna be like an animated slash live action. Uh, we saw the trailer. So first things first is Chris Pratt and his voice. Yona. No. <laughs> Throw this movie away. The entire movie. I didn't like a single frame of that trailer. Same here. Yeah. I, I actually almost kind of loathe it. Firstly, start off with Chris Pratt. Awful. Like, at least try. If you're going to be this. And Garfield does have an iconic voice. I do believe so. You have to uh, at least change your voice. Mm. Act with your voice. Don't just come onto the mic and just talk. Yeah. You know, it's a really cheap way to do it. It's not as if he has like a unique voice either. Like Aquafina, she mm. has a unique voice. Yeah. Um, which is probably why most of her voice roles is just her speaking. But Chris Pratt just has a normal sounding voice. Yeah. So he needs to be able to change that. And I think in Mario, I think it was serviceable enough. He, he scraped by there, even though I think it should have been someone totally different. I think it was okay enough. This seems awful. Really, really bad. I, I just, I genuinely don't want to see it at all. And then we go to the what the movie even looks like. Uh, not, not visually, um, of course, but just how Garfield's being portrayed. I think it's just weird. I really have no idea on this uh, angle of Garfield or what they're doing, and the story just looks. They seem really to be dumb. making the entire movie framed around Garfield eating food. Yeah, like that's it's like. You realize that it's just one quirk of Garfield. Mm. Like, it's not his entire shtick. Yeah. Like, his Garfield's entire shtick is that he's, like, he's sort of, like, pessimistic and nihilistic about everything. And he yeah. always has, like, some, like, um, like hot take opinion on everything. Mm. And he's very, like, he, he acts cool all the time when he's, yeah. like, kind of a bit of a dick. Mm. You know, like, that's Garfield. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's kind of, like, the funny douche. Yeah. But this is just, like, Garfield eat all the time. Yeah. Full stop. That's it. It seems completely catered to kids. 
like mm-hmm. completely. It, it doesn't look like, yeah. I mean, I, I think Garfield's perfectly uh, fun and uh, enjoyable to watch as an adult. This one doesn't look like it'll be that at all. It does feel like an Illumination kind of movie. Mm. Ha ha, all that kind of stuff. Just you know, dumb little kid jokes throughout it. And yeah, it's, I'm I'm not buying this at all. Uh, I I'm, I'm so sick of Chris Pratt taking iconic uh, <laughs> voice acting roles from people that could do it justice. Oh. Yeah, I mean, at least pick someone who like has a bit of a Garfieldy voice to them. Like I feel like maybe like Patton Oswalt. Oh yes, he, he's yeah. he's he feels more <laughs> yeah. Garfieldy in voice. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Bill Murray. He did the the live action Garfield. Oh, he's a That's great insane. pick. He was yeah. amazing. Yeah. You need someone that has that sort of personality of Garfield to voice Garfield. Yes. Because yeah. Pratt doesn't have that. Yeah, he no. doesn't. Pratt, no, I'm not even going to get into his personality because <laughs> I swear it changes. But yeah, you need someone like that is like, that can quip, you know, like mm. probably improvise a line or something on the spot and still be funny. Yeah, I'm just, I'm mind blown. How is he getting these jobs? How is he doing it? There is a thing in Hollywood. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like the, the something shortlist or something where there's like about 16 actors who are constantly on the shortlist um, to be selected for the role by default. Oh, really? Basically, yeah. It's like so a safe choice. It's like the safe choices, the go-to choices right now at this point in time. Mm. And um, it's commonly commonly known across Hollywood where you know actors come in and out of this list. Yeah. Um, and they're selected just because they're on that list. Right. Like they're just there because yeah. they're safe. They provide X value. You know, just look at Chris Pratt's value as a voice actor mm. um, so far. Lego movie. Yeah. What was it, a billion dollars? Did it, did it reach that? Nearly. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think the first one did. The second one didn't do well at the box office Didn't do it well, but the first one did, yeah. made a lot of money, right? Way more than people were expecting. Yep. Way more than people were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Mario. How much did that make? A billion. A billion. 1.3. billion. Mm -hmm. You know, and now this, you know, it makes sense that he's a bankable voice actor. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, I think it's really his role selection. Yeah. But I don't, uh, it seems Hollywood values him as a uh, a moneymaker. Yeah. And I mean, like what you just said, there's everything wrong with um, Hollywood animated movies today. It's all about star power. Bringing on all these big names here, Samuel Jackson, Nicholas Holt. It's just star power for it. It's, It's no longer about who's best for the role. And, you know, voice actors are, they specialize in voice acting. These actors do not. I mean, they can do it. They often provide quite good voice performances. You know, um, I can't think of any right now. I mean, oh, you obviously got Tom Hanks. We got Robin Williams as a genie. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some that can, can come in and do an amazing job for it and just kind of are a natural fit to it. Chris Pratt's not a natural fit to Garfield. It makes no sense to have him here. Just scrap the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, do a Warner Brothers move and just, uh, you know, put the movie away for uh, save tax money. Oh, is that Coyote versus yeah. Acme? Yeah. You know, it's been ship- shipped off to uh, other, uh, other studios. Yeah. Uh, don't do that, by the way. That's a real uh, shitty thing to do to creators. Uh, but yeah, just, I'm not, I'm not involved with this movie at all. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't think anyone here is, except unless you're like a little kid. And you're a huge Garfield fan. No. No? Don't you have the... Them on 4K? No. The live action ones? I don't even know that they were available on 4K. Oh. I don't think they are. No, and they and like manually upscaled them. Oh, okay. Put them on disc. <laughs> on his uh, laptop that he has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best laptop in the world. Fuck you, cunts. <laughs> 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 don't hate my laptop. It's surviving. <laughs> Dickheads. <laughs> anyway, next topic. 
<laughs> and it is a big one. It is one that we've heard rumours about throughout the Sad Astra strike and we were sort of waiting for it to end before any announcement comes out for it. And that is Fantastic Four. Um, so seemingly, um, Pedro Pascal, who must be on this hiring list, because um, he's in everything, uh, he, he's been rumoured to be part of um, or to be play that uh, to be playing Reed Rich, Reed Richards, aka Mister Fantastic. Um, nothing is confirmed yet; it's just purely rumours. But apparently, it's looking like as if the deal's done. Um, Christopher Abbott and Jamie Dorman were rep- reportedly tested for the role, but ultimately lost for to Pedro Pascal. So guys, thoughts on Pedro Pascal and do you think the other two actors, do you see the other two actors, um, Christopher Abbott or Jamie Dornan as a better fit? Um, Christopher Abbott, remind me who he is again? I have no idea. I know who Jamie Dornan is. Abbott. <laughs> um, oh, okay. From, yeah, I know him. He's from a lot of um, Cronenberg movies. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe Christopher Abbott would be a better choice. Um, what was the other selection? Jamie Dornan. Jamie Dornan. Um, I'm not convinced by Jamie Dornan. I, I've seen him in um, a few other productions after Fifty Shades, um, one called Synchronic, and mm. um, which was actually directed by um, these guys who pretty much directed all of Loki season two. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I wasn't really convinced by him a whole bunch, I think. What about him and Belfast? Actually, yeah, okay, you're good. right. I've forgotten <laughs> Belfast. Yeah. I have forgotten Belfast. He is fantastic in Belfast, so I take that back. <laughs> um, he's great in Belfast. Christopher Abbott, I think he's probably a better choice still. I think that um, he, to me, he's, he's a younger guy. He's... Um, He's got a lot more like acting chops in the indie, indie space, and he's a not a known face at all. I think we need some fresh blood in Marvel, and I don't want them hiring Pedro Pascal because to me that signifies they don't intend to do this for the long haul because they're hiring actors who are in the now star power. In the now at star power and really reaching that age where they're too old for the role. Mm. Because he's 48, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, with the time frames of Marvel, you know, it's like one ten years, he's going to be nearly 60. Yeah. It's like, that's too old for a, mm. for a character. I think Tony Stark, he's around 60 now. I think, I think he played it up to around 55. Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr., Downey Jr. obviously. Yeah. Robert Downey <laughs> Fictional character. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Pedro Pascal, it really depends on the angle of what they're doing with Fantastic Four because, you know, aren't they all around the same age? So, roughly, yeah, cause, yeah because um, Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman are partners. Yeah, so then the brother and sister of Sue Storm and Johnny Storm, are they all going to be older as well now? Like, I, I just don't think, yeah, I think Pedro Pascal is the really easy pick. Oh, he's big right now. He can act, he does good stuff. Let's go do him. And, yeah, I I think if he was to come into the role, I think he'd be fine. And like I don't think he would struggle at all. It just doesn't feel like a natural fit. It doesn't feel like something that, like Kyan said, is for the long haul. It's just a quite an impulse uh, casting decision at this uh, current time. It feels like they don't have proper vision here. Yeah, and this is this is where Disney really fall apart. 
mm-hmm. is when they don't have someone on the team that has proper vision. Yeah. Um, you know, you see it with Star Wars when they're indecisive. Mm-hmm. They're indecisive and they can't commit. It all falls apart. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You just got to commit. I think you have to choose not the most well-known actors for this. Like they are part of a a, a fairly uh, popular comic book property. So you don't need to go big on this. You can really just build them up small. So yeah, Pedro Pascal, I don't think he makes any sense for this role in terms of fit, in terms of the way uh, he usually acts. I just, I, I just, it's so hard to see it. Like working as, as Mr. Fantastic, he doesn't kind of have that, uh, you know, he does have charm, but it's in, in like he's got he's a he's got a very unique way about him. It's a di- different kind of charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just I, I think yeah. Reed Richards is just a little bit more classier, a, a level of intellect that Pedro may have struggled uh, portraying. So I, I don't see it. Jamie, Dor- I, I don't know much about Christopher Abbott to really make it a judgment on that. But Jamie Dornan, there's better picks out there, but I think Jamie Dornan could have done something with it. I think it would have been fairly generic. Um, because you know most actors that come through uh, the Marvel machine end up with generic performances because those productions don't really allow them to go all out in terms of the acting side of things. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. think the pick matters too much at the end of the day. I think it's just about having the natural fit. But I mean, I've said to you, Nam, plenty of times, it's more about the the fit and the chemistry of the entire Fantastic Four team and not just the individual casting selection. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so... That's true. Uh, if, if Pedro Pascal fits in with a team and they all mesh together, have a lot of charisma together, then I'm on board with it. But at this stage, I'm not uh, I'm not convinced. And it's not final yet, as the founder of Discussing Films seems to think it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to me and him having a nice little argument on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, Pedro Pascal's schedule is stacked for like the next couple of years. I mean, you've got Mandalorian season four, um, the, La- whoop, the Last of Us season two, mm-hmm. Gladiator two, and I think there was another one that was mentioned on an article, but I forgot its name. Yeah, I think he's got a series coming out. Yeah. And yeah. then you add in, <clears throat> add in this as well. That's a lot. And I know that there was an article that's come out that said Mandalorian season four is starting to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to fit this in so yeah. they get rid of that and then Pedro has time to do this who really knows mm. um, I said it before I think when we did our fan cast stuff or when the rumours first started coming up for any of the Fantastic Four characters that I'd rather see an up and coming actor yeah. be in the show rather than a well known one because this is not like a one and done sort of sort of film it's mm-hmm. you're at least in there for 10 years yeah more. they mm. would be carrying on the next saga of the mcu after the multiverse saga i think yeah and, and you said it um he's 48 mm-hmm. so if he signs on a 10-year deal that's all he needs to focus on is marvel yeah because that's all his projects are going to be he's going to be in cameos and stuff he's going to helm let's say fantastic four two maybe three mm-hmm. along with a couple of avengers movies as well yeah um, by the time that 10-year deal runs out he's 58 mm-hmm. and then does anyone really want to see a 58 year old mr fantastic no, yeah, and I could imagine Reed Richards is going to be a very prominent part of the future of the MCU, perhaps leading the the Avengers. Yeah, because he's just yeah, that, that type of character. He, he seems like he he should be like the natural replacement for Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, and then you know characters like Doctor Strange sort of fade into the background and who are sort of going off on his own mystical journey and yeah, you know, it, you know, it makes sense for Reed Richards to be the helmer of these things until mm-hmm. eventually we get, you know, the X Men start pushing through but even then mm. i don't i don't ever feel um x-men's had a central leader that feels good like professor x to me feels more like 
the wise old man giving people advice as opposed to Leading. at the front of mm. the front lines. Oh, yeah. You know, he just does not seem like that kind of character. So Mr. Fantastic can be that guy. I feel like Mr. Fantastic is more the the kind yeah. of character that should lead mm. here. And Professor X can be like a, a spiritual leader. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can be the cheerleader. Give, give the team, you know, a boost of morale. Yeah, exactly. Well, Mr. Fantastic thinks, th- thinks of the gameplays. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, Pedro would be 50 by the time the movie actually comes out. So I don't know if it's a good fit for the long term. I just, yeah, I hope, I hope Disney know what they're doing with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well. well, we'll see when everything becomes official. No doubt I will be talking about it. Yes. Um, did you guys also see that, um, is it Javier Bardem? Being oh, it, Galactus? As Galactus? Yeah. I think, was it him? Someone I, else? I have no judgments on Galactus at all because it makes no sense. <laughs> Stop the Galactus talks, please. I do, it can't work in a live action thing. It's just some guy standing in space eating planets and just eats them. Mm. Yeah, like I don't know how the villain can work unless he can come down and stand on Earth. Um, so I, I, I don't know how they can make it work. So I cannot, uh, you know, make a judgment on an actor's potential ability to play that because it has to be drastically changed for it to function in terms of in this kind of MCU that we have. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we um, probably need a better villain than that. Mm. I, I mean, I've been hearing a lot more about um, Ebon Russ Buckrock playing the thing. I think that's really great casting. There. I like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that, that short temper and just goes all out. Kind he of manages yeah. to create like whatever he's in this like very like unexpected intensity. Yeah, in his roles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even like Andor and the Bear, like those kind of roles. Oh almost yeah, he's an Andor. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, wow, he's very similar to the Bear in this. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm fully down for that. I don't know if I'm down for Vanessa Kirby or Joseph Quinn as much, but mm. we'll see how it goes. Because those are all the front runners at the moment. Yes. All right, moving on to Madame Web. Yep, that's an actual movie coming out on Valentine's Day next year. 14th of February, 2024. It is set in the Sony Spider-Man universe and stars Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, Celeste O'Connor and Isabel Merced. We've got our first little trailer for it. So, guys, do you think this is our next Mobius? Oh, Mobius? Morbius? <laughs> Mobius. <laughs> I'm watching Loki Mobius. a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's going to be better than Morbius. I still haven't seen Morbius. Have you guys both seen it? I've mm-hmm. seen Morbius. Yeah? Yeah. Is it good? No. It's not good. I'll put it on the watch list. Oh, especially <laughs> the ending. Terrific. <laughs> One of the worst things I've ever seen. Oh, um, now I'm excited. It, most of the movie is just like is whatever. You're just like watching it, and you just you tune out. Mm-hmm. But that ending is just like so cringe. Is so the, cringe. The dancing scene as well. Oh, oh, yeah. No, stop. That's, you guys are hyping me up too much. Yeah. I have to see this now. It's a good meme movie. Like, grab three bottles of wine. Down one before you play. Three bottles, it's that bad? <laughs> oh, you need to forget it. <laughs> and then just go to town on the other two bottles throughout. Yeah. So yeah. if I forget it, then I have to rewatch it. Re-experience <laughs> it for the first Yeah, time. exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I think the trailer is terrible for Madame Webb. Um, I think it's poorly, poorly, poorly constructed trailer. Um, however. I don't think the movie is going to be as bad as the trailer. 
I think the the overall concept of the movie will be okay. It will be an okay outing. I think mm. it will actually be an okay movie, but I think the trailer is abysmal. It just, it's like so linear. It, it's like, this is the start of the movie and this is how each plot progression goes and this is how it's probably going to end. So and, do you think it's giving you like Venom sort of vibes of how like the trailers were worse than what the actual final product was? Yeah, I don't know what it is with Sony and their marketing, but Sony are just <laughs> possibly one of the worst studios in the world at marketing. They like, actually, they actually are. Right. I mean, have you seen the Craven the Hunter trailer? I've not. Yeah, uh, it's it's very much the same kind of thing. Yeah, much. yeah. Shows you the whole movie, but in snippets. Yeah, it's just very bland and boring and and generic. It's, it does nothing to drive intrigue or anticipation for the film. You just kind of get told this is it and this is what it's about, and nothing creative in, in their marketing at all. And it does seem to be a Sony thing, especially with their Spider-Man uh, properties. Mm. They just can't seem to do it without the help of Marvel. And I mean, obviously, outside of uh, Spider Verse, of course. So I got no hope for this at all. Uh, I don't. I don't even care for it. That trailer did nothing to ramp me up um, and on an anticipation level. Like, I mean, I like Kyan said. Like, I think the concept could be interesting and fun, and it could work. Um, but you know, I, I haven't liked any of the Venom movies. I, I don't really have any faith in, in Craven. I don't know why I should have faith in this one. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, like I said, I think it's probably going to be. Um, um, I think at best it's probably going to be an adequate, an adequate movie. Yeah. Um, at best. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You I, know, Sony's I, not proven themselves in this in this arena at all. Yeah. Um, in this light in their live action stuff. Yeah, they just. I, I I don't know what it is about them with their Spider Man stuff. I think they just don't have any vision. I think they just have a whole heap of ideas yeah. and try to shove them all into one movie rather than just focus on one and see it through to the end to build to the I, next idea. I mean, I think it's just because these characters that they're focusing on are integral to Spider-Man. They revolve around Spider-Man. They're not main characters. Oh, yeah. They're, they're the supporting villain, anti-hero kind of side characters. So it's really hard to put them in put them in the spotlight and craft a movie around them very hard to do not impossible but yeah they just that's why uh you know sony's doing it because they're pretty greedy with their spider-man property trying to milk as much as possible we don't need a spider-man universe just straight up we've got more than enough spider-man going on yeah hopefully uh hopefully it's good though i mean i like the cast um mostly mm. and yeah i'm intrigued to see what they can what they can do hopefully it's something good <clears throat> yeah yeah i guess we'll have to wait and see for valentine's day which is also a pretty, oh, yeah. it's, it's a good way for uh, guys to like sell to their partners, you know, just be like, hey, do you, do you want to go see oh, a movie yeah. starring Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney? And of course, Sydney. I think about, oh, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then they it's slap you right Madame up. Webb. Oh, it's French. Sounds romantic. <laughs> Plot twist, it's a comic book movie. Yeah, <laughs> standard <laughs> generic trash. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have an angry girlfriend on the drive home. Yeah. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Actually, after, after the movie, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Probably should have just gone to that rom-com. <laughs> All right, and the last bit of news is a little sneak peek of uh, 4K physical media that's going to release um, next month, December. So there's some pretty good titles here. Um, I'll run through a few that caught my eye. One is finally a 4K um, version of Titanic, mm. um, James Cameron one. And then you also have Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny. Um, you got the standard and the steelbook for that. The Color Purple, the 1985 one directed by Steven Spielberg, that comes out. Mandalorian season one and two steelbooks. 
Um, Guillermo? Guillermo? Guillermo. Del, yep. Del, Del Toro's Pinocchio mm-hmm. coming out. Apparently Criterion. Um, yeah. We had a brief discussion on that. Um, Old Boy, The Creator, and an Avatar 1 Steelbook. So, guys, if you had to pick three, what three would you be buying? And what do you also think about these releases, obviously? Obviously. Um, <laughs> I already have Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 coming to me. So I've already pre-ordered that. So I guess, is that one choice or two choices? One Probably choice. one choice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. you got to make that one hard for me. Um, I mean, Kyan told us before the show that they're doing an Avatar 1 remaster for 4K. So I'm not going to get the Avatar 1 steelbook now. Is that Avatar 1 or Way of Water? Avatar 1 and Way of Water both being remastered. Oh, okay. Well, perfect then. I'm not going to pick Avatar 1 steelbook for this. So I got, yeah, I'm, I'd pick Mandalorian to get Titanic. I've been waiting for that one for 4K as well. I just feel like it's a kind of a staple release that I kind of have to own. You guys kind of know my, my library. It's the big, big titles right now before we get into the small titles. So I think Titanic's just default. And then I'd go Old Boy. That's mm. my last one. I, I did love Old Boy. It feels like a kind of a, a small, it would be a small 4K release. Yeah. So I'd want to get my hands on that as, as soon as possible and just keep it and own it because having it on streaming services is not owning it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'd have. Uh, yeah, what were your choices to get any of these titles? I'd probably pick Mando, mm-hmm. um, just to have it for is is something Star Wars related. I had nothing Star Wars related. Oh yeah. Um, so I'd keep I'd keep Mando because it's just good visuals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would grab o- Old Boy, and what else? Uh, oh, there's a lot. Uh, Titanic, Indiana Jones, and the Dollar Destiny, The Color Purple, Office Christmas Party. Oh. I, I would grab the creator. Yeah. On 4K? Yeah. Because of the visual side of it? Visual and sound. Oh, like yes. Nomad? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What about you? For me, um, I'll probably get Pinocchio. I enjoyed that film. And <laughs> it's stop motion and I'm a sucker for stop motion type of uh, movies. Um, I'll probably get Old Boy as well. I've never seen it, but I've heard great things about it. Um, so that, I think that's an easy choice for me. Hmm. The second one, I'm tossing up between Mandalorian or Titanic. Probably get Titanic. Fair. Mm. Probably get Titanic. All right, James. So you said Titanic, Mandalorian, and Old Boy. Yeah. And Kyan, you said Mandalorian, Old Boy, and the Creator. Yeah. Cool. Buy, rent, sell. Ooh. Oh, seeing so that between the ones that I chose. Mm-hmm. So Titanic, Mando, and Old Boy. I buy Titanic. I feel like it's just a staple of cinema that I, it just has to be on the shelf. Um, I think I would rent Old Boy and sell Mandalorian because it was very expensive and it hurt my wallet when I bought it. So. <laughs> I'm doing the same. I kind of want the money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're paid for the rest. Yeah, um, yeah I would, I would um, buy Old Boy um, just because it's... Um, um, Park Chan Walken, he's one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I would uh, re- rent the creator just because I, I do want to experience how um, visual it is yeah. in 4K and mm-hmm. um, that soundscape. Yeah. Um, it had one of the best sound and best visuals of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, oh, yeah, I would sell Mando, get that yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get that money. And you, Nan? Me? I'll probably buy Pinocchio because, you know, I haven't had 
I don't have a stop motion one and it's Criterion as well. So it'll be my first Criterion that's true. on my shelf. True. I'd rent Old Boy um, because, again, I've never seen it. So I think that's one that I can just lend out and I'll get back and watch. That's what it's renting for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make some money off that. And I'll probably sell Titanic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Sweet as guys, that will do us on today's Let's Be Real podcast. Hope you've all enjoyed the show wherever you've been listening from. If you have any questions about this episode, be sure to hit us up on social media. You can find us on X, TikTok, and Instagram. Um, flick us a message as to what 4Ks you want to buy or your thoughts on Pedro Pascal or any other topic that we discussed today. And be sure to head over to moviegains.com where we've got all the latest box office news, film and physical media, 4K reviews and other content, and a whole lot more as well. And be sure to sign up to our newsletter so you can always keep up to date. And hey, if you love today's episode and you want to hear more, check us out on Spotify or wherever the hell you pod from. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. We'll catch you on the next one with Movie Games. Catch you later. Peace. Bye.